Oh, that was a good time to have a vape, wasn't it? <laughs> I thought that as well. I turned to the side. I was like, <laughs> needed some last minute nicotine. We could put this before the music at the start. <laughs> just, just us chuffing away like the opiate, <laughs> the opiate caterpillar out of uh, Alice in Wonderland. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Old Casters with Smith and Jones. Hello and welcome to Old Casters, the weekly pod where two old men have a laugh, have a moan, and talk a load of nonsense along the way. We also try and learn something new if our old brains could handle it. We are Smith and Jones. No, no, and- no, 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 we're not. Uh, oh. What? I'm I'm no poo eater. <laughs> who the hell are you? I'm an old man who has <laughs> just blown in f- with the wind. Sorry about that. Yeah, it was it was very gusty, but I'm <laughs> I'm I'm definitely not Jones. I'm more of a Lawson. Yeah. This week we are Smith and Lawson. <laughs> Smlawson or Liff? Lorith Smallson Smallson <laughs> Smallson Yeah, as as we mentioned uh, Life is a bit hectic for Ben For the first chunk of this year Also mm-hmm. So um, he is going to be doing it every other week So this week My co-host Had to be no other than fellow old man Mr. Jameson Lawson A.K.A. Mr. Narkills There's too many sons in my name yeah, you're a bit. I have one daughter and no sons. <laughs> if we were in Japan, if if we if we were in Japan, <laughs> you, could, <laughs> uh, you could be Jameson San. <laughs> oh, I could be Jameson San. I had somebody when I was working at Samsung. This lovely uh, South Korean lady. She came in and I think she was just having a great time. And she went around and just wrote everybody's name out in Korean, and it was amazing yeah. to see. Because it, it's weird because they like kind of break it down into the, the syllables that make sense in their language. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was nice to see. There's a little bit of information for you. Uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how it works. I don't know if you'd be a Jameson San or if you'd be a Jameson Kuhn. Uh, what's the difference? Uh, I don't, that's what I'm saying. I, I, it's either gender or it's like a familiarity with a person. I think one's formal and one's like friendly. Ah, oh, whether okay. you say San or Kun, I'm not a weeb. I'm not a weeb. <laughs> uh, how are you, sir? How have you been? I'm all right. I'm a bit tired today. It was the yeah. uh, the first day of Aubrey going to uh, nursery, which was yeah amazing because she's a golden child, and yeah, it's just it was just lovely. It was just fantastic when I went and picked her up. They said that she was great. She interacted with everybody. Not everybody. She don't. She don't talk and shake hands yet. But she was uh, playing with all the the babies because she's a baby. Yeah. How old is she now? Nearly a year, right? Uh, eleven. Yeah. She's um, eleven. Wow, that's an old baby. But <laughs> <laughs> we were saying that as well when when parents <laughs> say that that they're like 592 months old or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is the cutoff point? Where do you stop doing that? I th- I'd say up. To, I'm sure it's one. Up to two years. Oh, two. No, I'd say up to two years. Because I think when we had, when my kids were little, we'd be like, oh, they're 22 months. 22. But uh, mm. uh, one year and one month, one year, two months, one year, three months. I I'd say, know. I would say 13, 14, 15. I'd say years up to old. two years. And then after that. Okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. I'll, I'll drop that down. <laughs> I'm I'm 34 years old and one week. <laughs> he is. He had a birthday recently. Oh, can I can I just ask as well? What did you get for your birthday? You was just specifying. You got something lovely for your birthday. <laughs> uh, what, did, what did I get? You is tell me. Down, what was is it? it down to your right? Oh, you're on about this. That's it. <laughs> There we go. My present from my aforementioned children. Yeah, <laughs> they've got me. It's like a, it's like a, like a bell that you get in a hotel lobby. It's, it's a, kind of looks like a boob. I like it. I'm going to be annoying a lot of people with this. 
specifically Mary. Mary, love it. We said we said last <laughs> night as well. It makes total sense for when we're playing uh, um, Lethal Company. Lethal Company, yeah. That's it. So yeah, you just have to ding the bell. It's just when we see you on webcam get dragged away by some massive tentacles and ripped to shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there goes there goes Mark. <laughs> yeah, that's been the uh we've been playing a lot of Lever Company, haven't we? Oh, it's it's a it's a great game that's taken over the community and everybody has an absolute no matter what cluster of people you have in the community there are laughs. It, the game is just pure laughs. Yeah. I know that uh, Ben and I have been um, trying to uh, detract away from the video game side of the podcast a little bit, trying to make it a bit more for more for all. But at the end of the day, we are Twitch streamers and we have been playing a lot of Lethal Company. Mm, yes. Come join us if you're, if you're not already. How would you describe it? Um, a clusterfuck of... <laughs> Stuff grabbing and creature dodging <laughs> and mods. <laughs> it's like a, so it's like a horror game set in space. Yes. Where there's like a crew of you and you have to go on your little shuttle to various moons and salvage stuff that you sell to the company for to meet a quota. But these moons have things that want to eat your face. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I, w- I would, I would co- like compare it to Phasmo because it's got that same kind of setup for the yes, game. Another game that we have played a lot in the community. Yeah, Phasmophobia. It's like Phasmophobia in space. Yeah, exactly that. Except it is. It's supposed to be a horror game, but it is piss your pants funny. Yeah, but you're you're screaming whilst pissing your pants. Yeah, especially with the uh, the fan made uh, modifications and stuff that you can get on the game. It's definitely very funny very funny so this is the first episode without mr jones how do you feel i feel okay i feel it's, it's <laughs> feel okay yeah 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 it's it's weird i suppose the fact that you are not jones but at the same time we talk all the time it's not like this is anything unnatural we're just with me and you can just chat bollocks just as much as anybody <laughs> oh yeah i have bollocks and i can chat Mm, yeah. Don't I know. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> Don't I know. Don't I know. Well, it's exciting though, it is exciting. This this new format and then we've got uh like other stuff in the pipeline, so everybody in the community or anybody that wants to be part of the community, keep your ears to the ground and your yeah, eyes if, to the skies. If you are part of the old men community, we have got lots of, we had a, we had a meeting, the four of us, the stream team last week. We have lots of exciting things planned. Mm, like a calendar. Mm, yeah. That nude calendar that me and Ben teased. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the old men stream team, the four of us have a WhatsApp group chat. Yes. And uh, you sent a, 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 a lovely uh, voice note to it yesterday. Yes. And uh, I just thought it was a work of art, especially with the music playing in the background. I wanted to share the voice note with the class, and then uh, I want you to elaborate on it afterwards. <laughs> Go on, I will. I, will. I think it's just a thing of beauty. Boys, I went soft play, and uh, the dreaded thing happened. I lost Aubrey's sock. I was like, shit, where the fuck is it? Did not know. <laughs> so I took it off and then just played barefoot, basically. And then uh, was just minding my own business, jumped in the ball pit again. And lo and behold, I found the sock just as I was going home. So uh, that's it. Like, catastrophe averted, you know? Like, that's a dad for you. That's a dad win. Absolute dad. Absolute dad <laughs> right there. That was that. That was dad goals. When I saw when I saw it come off, and I didn't know where it went. Oh, the terror! Nightmare. I thought <laughs> I thought I was coming home to a, a smack round the face from Beth <laughs> over a sock. How can you do that? Well, we we've had discussions about <laughs> about dummies. <laughs> like I don't lose sleep over dummies. If we lose a dummy, we lose a dummy. But Beth's like, no, I need that dummy. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we we have different mindsets on everything, but I, it felt satisfying to just kind of think to myself, right? We went in there, and I'm sure it was in there. 
But it's that awkward thing. I'm not going to go back in there whilst there's like a few kids and <laughs> just go under the balls. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Never do that. <laughs> Never go under the balls. It's one of those things, isn't it? Like, fine, I'm just going to have to go back in the ball pit. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> Shirt off. <laughs> Can somebody get that man out of the ball pit? child fell asleep ages ago (laughs) (laughs) they've even got um, a second ball pit that's got uh, one of those suckers and they suck the balls up and then it gets into the top and then as soon as it stops sucking the vent opens and just drops them it's it's great yeah yeah when the kids were little the one in Stevenage used to have one of them love a ball sucker yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. There was there was one. I don't know if you remember it. This is, oh, this this is kind of uh, you know just a little foreshadowing of the rest of the podcast. But back in the millennium and the Millennium Dome, and they had that crazy ball section. Do you ever remember that? Did no. you ever go to the Millennium Dome? I went to the Millennium Dome when it was the Millennium Dome twice. Yeah, and it it had like it was like multiple stories, and people were there was like guns that you grabbed your balls and you'd run up to that level and just put your balls in it, not your physical testicles, but the uh, the colourful balls, um, and you'd just shoot each other with these things, and it was great. Hmm. Why don't I remember that? Oh. Oh, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Curse my memory. Curse my memory. Curse my brains. Crazy facts. Crazy news. Crazy facts. And crazy news. There it is. That felt nice. Uh, I understand why Jonesy does this. (laughs) So, Mr. Narkills, I tasked you with finding me two crazy facts. Have you obliged? (laughs) Yeah. I definitely have, and especially in the spirit of... uh... (laughs) It's just not going to go away. It totally is not going to go away for Mr. Jones. <laughs> but here we go. This is this this is a crazy fact that just blew my mind and it will make Ben salivate quite a lot. That the largest piece of fossilized dinosaur poo discovered is over 30 centimeters long. Did you hear that? 30 centimeters <laughs> long. And over two liters in volume. <laughs> Believed to be a Tyrannosaurus rex turd. The fossilised dung, also known as, what's it named as? Coprolite. Coprolite is helping scientists better understand what the dinosaur ate. Uh, that's That end bit, you don't even need to say because we had, what's her name? McKeith, dig through our poo. So, uh, <laughs> is it McKeith? Yeah, Gillian McKeith. Oh. Gillian McKeith. Why did, they, yeah. why did they have to add that? Scientists are looking into poo to see what dinosaurs ate. That's standard. That's standard. Somewhere right now, Ben is listening to this and he's just a puddle of saliva. He's got a plate ready, knife and fork in hand. <laughs> Especially as we discovered way back when we started this podcast, he likes a bit of ancient rancid meat as well. That was the episode with you, wasn't it? That was it. Oh my God, full circle. Wow. <laughs> this is disgusting. I'm going to be sick. So last week, I I got some supplementary facts from a National Geographic National Geographic Kids. This week, Jameson, I yeah. have some supplementary facts for us uh, about our level again. This is Guinness World Records Kids. Nice. And it is five things dinosaur poop can teach us. Oh, so they learned something already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it says, fossils are the remains of animals or plants that lived millions of years ago. They're usually mm-hmm. made of the hard parts of animals like the shells or bones. Boners. Yes. But dinosaurs and other prehistoric animals also left behind another type of fossil. Poop. Uh-huh. Fossilized poops are called coprolites. Oh. George Franson in the USA has the largest collection of coprolites in the world. Must be uh, related to Ben. Don't worry, <laughs> they don't smell anymore. Here's five fascinating things that dinosaur poop can teach us. Number one, the poop cycle. Oh, this is in this picture. Uh, you can't see it. I can't. But it shows it shows evidence of an insect burrowing. That means insects dug holes and tunnels in the poop and lived there. This shows that poo played an important part in our prehistoric ecosystem. Poo houses. Yes. 
burrowing causes the poop to break down and create nutrients for the soil. These nutrients help other plants grow faster. More plants equals more food for dinosaurs. More food equals more dinosaur poop. (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. Number two, prehistoric fish. Oh, no, number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Prehistoric (laughs) fish might have eaten poop. What? Ben's descended from them. George is holding a coprolite for old classic George. He's holding a coprolite from South Carolina. It has perfect top and bottom bite marks from some type of prehistoric critter. Probably a fish. When this poop was fresh in the water, it probably gave off a strong smell that made it seem like a yummy meal. However, when the creature bit into the poop, it quickly realised that it was not a tasty meal at all and spat it out. It's like Kevin and Perry goes large. <laughs> we know that, oh, that, that just, I'm scrolling down and this one he's holding literally just like he's holding like Mr. Hankey. <laughs> <laughs> like an award. We know that prehistoric fish used to taste poop because of this fish fossil pictured above. It was found in Wyoming and has bits of poop stuck in its teeth. This is the only vertebrate fossil that's ever been discovered with poop still in its mouth. That's what Ben looks like when he smiles all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Ben. Uh, We love you, Ben. Number three, big poops equals big crocs. Did you know that you can work out... (laughs) Hold up, hold up. Are we talking shoes or reptiles? You'll have to find out. Did you know that you can work out the length of a crocodile by looking at the size of its poop? Because ah. crocodiles haven't changed much over millions of years, scientists can use the same method when fossilised poops are discovered. George is holding one of his favourite coprolites. He even named it Precious. <laughs> Precious is a crocodile coprolite, try saying that five times quickly, with a width of 12.5 centimetres, five inches. Using the poop equation, we can work out the size of the croc who made Precious. It was 6.5 metres... 21 foot long. (laughs) What am I, 6'4"? And I'm, uh, I think I'm about a metre and, no, uh, two, no, I don't know. I'm long. (laughs) Yeah, 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 you are. (laughs) Uh, Number four, the shape of poop can tell us where it came from. Round the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Round the corner, fudge is made. (laughs) It's really difficult to link pieces of prehistoric poop to specific animals. However, some lungfish and shark species have very unique spiral-shaped valves in their intestines. That means their poop comes out in spiral shapes, which turn it into spiral coprolites. Oh, like the cliché poops that we see in emotes and stuff. I guess, yeah. Knowing which species of creature made a specific coprolite helps us get a better idea of what prehistoric ecosystems looked like. Do you reckon that there's fossilised, like, cavemen shit? Surely. Surely there's an actual... Depends as well, because like when you go to some public toilets and you see those ones that look like ham legs, you know, like just some yeah. strangers just gone in there and just done an absolute and just dropped a telegraph pole and then just yeah. left it there. But that that person must be dead. They they surely <laughs> should be dead somewhere. That person literally just gave birth. Yeah, <laughs> and then just walked out. I'm actually getting quite queasy scrolling through this article, even though it's for kids. These are literally just pictures of shit at this point. It's, it's one of those things like we had back in the day, we had, um, well, still about, isn't it? Um, horrible histories. I love yeah. that shit. Horrible histories. Number yeah. five, Tyrannosaurus Rex didn't waste any of its meal. This is Barnum, the largest coprolite from a carnivore ever found. Maybe this is the same one you were on about. Barnum is a Tyrannosaurus Rex coprolite from South Dakota. Tyrannosaur poops give us lots of information about the diet of this legendary dinosaur. We can see that they crushed and swallowed lots of bones whilst eating smaller dinosaurs. It seems they enjoyed eating every part of their prey. We can also learn that they weren't able to properly digest all of the bones as little bits can be seen all along the surface of Barnum. There you go. Your fact was about Barnum, mate. (laughs) Barnum! That's why I I knew it all along. (laughs) What a load of shit. Yeah, absolute. I I am seeing a theme. (laughs) Even when he's not here. <laughs> Come on, steer us out of this car crash then. What's your next fact? Well, the next one got me thinking. So I saw it and I thought to myself, it's like it's like the one where it's like um, when you're on the train or something and you like look around and you're like, one of you on the train right now is a murderer. 
surely, like statistically. Okay. So we've got a statistic about third nipples. So one in 18 people have a third nipple, which got me thinking, we have a community of, how many have we got? We've we got a fair few, 44. In the Discord server, we've got nearly 150. Oh, is it 150? Nearly. Surely we must have two or three, like, third nipples within the community. Yeah. We must have enough nipples to make an extra person. <laughs> an extra few people. A person and a half. <laughs> I thought that was uh, quite high. This is known as uh, polythelia as well. The third nipple is caused by a mutation in inactive genes. Interesting. Yeah. Have you got an extra nipple? No, no. I'm I'm third nippleless. Um, I don't have an extra nipple either. I'm just. Who do we reckon out of Tunny and Ben? I was thinking, oh, Tunny or Ben? Maybe maybe they share that third nipple on the weekends, like every yeah. other weekend, they, they pass it on to each other. Yeah, they've got split custody of the nipple, yeah. Yeah, they milk it as well. <laughs> they've got a uh, they've got a business between them. Okay. They make ice cream from their man nipple. Delicious. It is. And nutritious. Uh, nutritious and delicious, Cheerio. So good to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerios with Ben and Tony's nipple milk, yeah? That's it. I'd rather have a bowl of nipple milk. (laughs) There we go. Ben, Tunny, that's your new slogan for your ads, all right? Remember that. I've got the Wikipedia article up in front of me, that uh, trusted source. Supernumerary nipple, it says. Uh, You're just looking at porn, you're just looking at boobies. Mm. That's all you're doing. I am currently looking at a boobie, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oi, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Other names. Third nipple, triple nipple, <laughs> accessory nipple, or polythelia, like you said. Oh, accessory nipple. I like that. Yeah, I like triple nipple. <laughs> triple it's nipple. It's fun to say. Triple nipple. A supernumerary nipple is an additional instance of nipple occurring in mammals, including humans and monkeys. They are often mistaken for moles. Studies variously report the prevalence of supernumerary nipples as approximately 1 in 18 and 1 in 40. Okay. What is, how, <laughs> how, was it, what, how was it two different things? <laughs> which, <laughs> which one is it? Which is it? Should we split the difference? It's 1 in 34? Yeah. Is that quick maths? Yeah. Uh, the nipples appear along the two vertical milk lines, which start in the armpit on each side, run down through the typical nipples and end at the groin. They are classified into eight levels of completeness from a simple what? patch of hair to a milk-bearing breast in miniature. Are you saying there's milk in my groin? <laughs> <laughs> you said that milk line finishes at the groin. Nipples appear along two vertical milk lines. The end at- They run down through the typical nipples and end at the groin. Okay. Oh, so... It's- from where your normal nipples are, down vertically to your groin, is where extra nipples can appear, I think is what it's saying. Oh, like like a dog or a pig or... Yeah. This confuses me. Oh, yeah, it's talking about all mammals. Too yeah. many nipples. Yeah, and some mammals... <laughs> like the eight levels of completeness. So some nipples are a simple patch of hair, and some are a full milk-bearing breast. I've got one of each. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you looked a bit wonky. Is that why you, when we when I saw you at the meetup, you were just walking around in circles? Yeah, exactly. Because my <laughs> my my girthy boob was. Uh, you just got, you just got hair on one side and a full old breast on the other. Yeah, I was lopsided yeah. that day. <laughs> Did wonder what was wrong with you. <laughs> Polythelia refers to the presence of an additional nipple alone, while polymastia denotes the much rarer presence of additional mammary glands. Okay, so boob. So you can have just a nipple, or you can have the full tit. You can have three titties. Oh yeah, that's that. That just makes me think of Total Recall right there. Uh, Although usually presenting on the milk line, pseudomama can appear as far away as the foot. What you can have a tit on your foot? Yeah, thinks that's what I'm reading. A possible relationship with mitral valve prolapse has been proposed. I don't know what that means, and I hate that I just said it. (laughs) (laughs) So we got tits on feet and potential prolapses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. 
<laughs> Gotta love this podcast. <laughs> There's a television show on Channel 4 called The Triple Nipple Club. <laughs> on Channel 4? Yeah. Right, I'm going to have to find that. First broadcast on the 2nd of January 2008. All the listeners, go watch The Triple Nipple. Did you say it was called The Triple Nipple? It's called The Triple Nipple Club. Sick. The film focuses on Dan Lowe's attempts to understand why he was born with extra nipples, a condition he shares with the likes of Mark Wahlberg, Lily Allen, Tilda Swinton, as well as TV and film characters such as the James Bond villain Francisco Scaramanga and Chandler Bing from Friends. Ah. Nubbin. He calls it his nubbin, doesn't he? So Chandler and Scaramanga are the same person. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. So Friends is uh, Chandler Bing's villain origin story <laughs> as he descends into <laughs> having his own island and as he descends into Francisco Scaramanga <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that uh, fascinated and confused by this seemingly pointless mutation Lowe sets off on a personal journey of discovery to try and unwrap the riddle of the triple nipple <laughs> he starts out by consulting the man in the street and a renowned teratologist an expert in physical mutations. After testing the notion that extra nipples could be a sign of fertility, he discovers oh. that they are actually an atavism or evolutionary holdover, a sign of how humans evolved. Oh, oh okay, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. English pop star Harry Styles confirmed in 2017 that he has four nipples as a result of the condition. <gasps> Where's the extra two? <laughs> <laughs> we know, I'm googling it. We we need to know Harry Styles for nipples. <laughs> <laughs> there they are. So his uh his his are uh, both directly below style four nipples. Yeah, they're they're not on the same. Okay. So he's got his two nipples on his milk line. <laughs> I love the fact. And that then we're gonna... <laughs> is that within the milk line? Is it? Uh, no. Yeah. Oh. And then, so the, the both his extra nipples are underneath his uh, traditional nipples, but they're not at the same <laughs> longitude. <laughs> oh, Christ! Well, I never. <laughs> I did not know that. And I like, I like that there's a picture of Harry covering up his actual nipples. Yeah, there's a picture of him with his hands over his nipples, but you can see his... Other nips. He's, yes. uh, he's tripled. Uh, it's not even triple, he's quad-nipped. Yeah, he's supplementary nipples. Supplementary accessory nipples, that's it. He would have he would have made an excellent mother. He would have for four children. <laughs> oh no no no, because as we as we learnt, you can have extra nipples, but you might not have the mammaries. He does kind of have mammaries now because he's ripped. He's ripped. Yeah. Just some crazy news. Oh yeah, come on. Come on. Right. So Are we talking twenty twenty four? Uh, yes, of course. I, I always try and bring you the most up-to-date crazy news from what's going on in the world. Cool. Let's see if we can start 2024 the craziest. Girl, 10, wins year's supply of crisps after campaigning to get haggis flavour back on the shelves. Oh, haven't we all? Mmm. Not necessarily haggis, but the one that I'd bring back is... I know in uh, other countries they have it, but in the UK they took away... Black Walkers, which was barbecue. Yeah, the barbecue ones, yeah. Yeah. Bring them back. Have you had the Haggis Flavour Crisps? No. They're good. They're really good. I'm a fan of black pudding. Yeah, it was, yes, same same sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, a 10-year-old girl has been given a year's supply of her favourite crisps after she campaigned to get the niche flavour back on store shelves. Grace from Edinburgh, checks out, Haggis, decided to take matters into her own hands when she was unable to find her favourite haggis crisps in the shops. The haggis and black pepper flavoured snack made by Taylor's Snacks, formerly Mackey's Crisps, was pulled from shelves last year after the company decided to only make the crisps available during winter months. (laughs) Grace, feeling the absence of her favourite flavour, took matters into her own hands by writing a letter to the managing director of Taylor's Snacks. Do you reckon her Christmas was so crap? (laughs) <laughs> without those crisps she was like opening these presents and she was like these are not the haggis crisps ruined Christmas ruined <laughs> where's my haggis crisps nice in her letter Grace expressed not only her love for the crisps but also her families and added I really hope it could become all year round if you can thanks 
she wrote, before warning Crisp's boss, James Taylor, if not, I will be sad. <laughs> oh, she will be sad. Yeah. Her endearing words, along with a sad face to sign off, were enough to convince Mr. Taylor to put the crisps back on sale for good. Grace was also rewarded with a taxi full of haggis and black pepper crisps. <laughs> she got a metric taxi load. A whole taxi load. Yeah. And a ticket for a tour around the Taylor's factory. Oh, this is what we're going wrong with. Rishi Sunak is running, running riot at the moment. We just need to send him a nice letter to say, stop. With a sad stop. face. And at the end, if you don't stop, we will be sad. <laughs> uh, Grace's mother, Becky, said, it's fantastic that the team at Taylor's took the time and effort to respond and it really made all of our days. That sounded like a tongue twister. It did, didn't it? Took, took the time. The team at Taylor's took the time. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that in a Scottish accent as well. I'm not going to do it. but <laughs> oh, Go on, give it your best shot. Team, the team at Taylor's took the time. <laughs> <laughs> the team at Taylor's took the, I can only do a Scottish accent. You can only do Andy Gray. Well, I, I, I can only do, um, and I'm going to say the wrong one, I know it, Billy Connolly. Oh, uh, you sounded, it's, to me it sounded like Andy Gray off of Sky Sports back in the day. Take a boo, son. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, what else did Becky say? Uh, it also helps Grace to see the power of communicating with creativity and care. Mm. Grace was the one who had the idea to write to James and to get such a wonderful response really validates and empowers her. These small things really can make a huge impact on a young child's life. We look forward to visiting the factory soon and learning how our favourite snacks are made. Mr. Taylor, uh, who's he? I'm assuming he's the guy from Taylor's. Probably. He said, when Grace's letter landed on my desk, I was blown away by her enthusiasm and initiative. The Taylor's team put our heads together to see how we could celebrate our biggest haggis and black pepper crisp fan and can't wait to show her and her family around our factory here in Errol. It was not just Grace who got in touch, however. Our customers let us know in droves that they were missing their favourite haggis and black pepper snacks. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going from this one little girl making a difference. So actually, <laughs> loads of people are irate about this and you've decided to do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it? What I don't get is, um, I guess it doesn't really taste like anything. It only really tastes like the seasoning you put in it, in yes. my experience anyway. So it's kind of just black pepper and black pepper flavor. <laughs> it is. It's just herbiness, black pepperiness. Yeah. Maybe it's got the whiskey as well or the... Ooh, that would be nice. Yeah, the whiskey sauce. Yeah. Maybe that's what she's getting pissed up on. Imagine imagine if the crisps were, instead of just being potato ones, they were, they were turnips as well, like neeps and tatties crisps. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, and they had haggis and whiskey flavour seasoning. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, Tyrrell's. Is it Tyrrell's or Tyrell's? Uh, they're yeah. vegetable crisps, like the beetroot mm. and carrot. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of them. And add some of that seasoning on. Ooh. And I've just remembered it's January, isn't it? 25th of January is coming up. That's Burns Night. I'm going to do Haggis Neeps and Tatties with whiskey sauce because I did, nice. that, did that last year. I'm just going to bring a downer down on things, but uh, eight years ago today, we lost the uh, legendary David Bowie. So, Is that the 11th he died? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw something the other day, but that was his birthday. The infamous uh, David Bowie scene on Big Brother. David's dead. David's dead. Very few things like celebrity deaths get to me but David Bowie was one of them and Robin Williams yeah Robin Williams yeah we've gone from haggis to uh... haggis to hook <laughs> <laughs> haggis to hook anyway Mr Taylor Mr Taylor from Taylor's Crisp still hasn't shut up yet we just, go, on, a little bit go more. on Mr Taylor <laughs> he said we loved that people took the time to tell us how passionately they felt about the flavour from letters to emails and calls, lots of people got in touch to talk about their love of Haggis Crisps and to ask for them to return. We've been working hard behind the scenes to ensure our customers don't miss out and are delighted to announce that the Haggis Crisps are back on the shelves! Yay! Yay! They're not on my shelves. I've never seen them. No, they're not on my, I have seen them and I've eaten them, but they're not on my shelves currently. Oh, How out of order. Well, I'm, I'm glad that Grace could make a difference to the world. Scotland. Oh, yeah, just to Scotland. 
Maybe she needs to push it. She needs to push it further. Get tailors to uh to push it out worldwide. I think yeah. there needs to be a campaign sorted. Ha- hashtag haggis haggis grace. I was that was a, that was a mouthful. Hashtag hashtag haggis grace. Hashtag haggis the hook. <laughs> <laughs> Next meetup, we're gonna we're gonna buy haggis crisps. Oh, we're gonna have to now. It's gonna have to be a thing. Next time we see each other, we're gonna gorge on them. We're just gonna sweat. We're just gonna our sweat pores out of our armpits are just gonna smell like, or maybe our fourth nipples sluggy as well. Sluggy pits. Yeah, sluggy pits smelling of haggis. Mmm, mmm, delish. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Second crazy news. Oh yes, please. This is from a couple of days ago. Uh, camera catches mouse proud rodent tidying a man's shed. A mouse proud rodent. How does that work? I think it's a play on House Proud. Ah, cheeky. I see what they did there. Go on, tell us more. There's a video that accompanies this. Uh, you will have to Google listeners, well, if you feel like it. But a mouse proud rodent has been caught on camera tidying up a man's shed. <laughs> 75-year-old Rodney Holbrook, who lives in Powys, is a keen wildlife photographer. That's Powys in Wales, not, not me saying Paris with a speech impediment. <laughs> he, he lives in Powys in France. Powers, but he got more than he bargained for when items in his shed were mysteriously put away at night. I've got a little box where I've got some nuts in that I can feed to the birds, (laughs) and I've got lots of other food in my bins and things. He told Sky News. (laughs) One morning, I went in early October, and there was no nuts in there, and I thought I put nuts in yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) The mouse ain't tidying up; it's eating. just eating your nuts mate <laughs> after the nuts disappeared on several occasions some items started being put in the box ah i had lots of bits of stuff i had on my bench all put in there and i thought i'm going to set up a night camera he said so i set that up and that's where i get these incredible videos of the mouse doing what it does the rodent named welsh tidy mouse might not be a resident of the shed according to mr holbrook but he's there tidying every night I haven't found out how it's getting in, so I don't think it's actually living in there. It could be, he added. <laughs> Thanks, Rodney. While the tidy <laughs> mouse may be the cleanliness culprit, it's occasionally joined by some friends. It's only the one doing I think that's meant to say it's the only one doing it, but I've had one video where I saw two on there, or three, counting the one tidying up, Mr. Holbrook added. He will eat the odd one or two nuts. I think what it's doing is piling things on top of it to hide them. This is what I think is happening to hide the nuts from other mice or anything that might want to get to his stash. Oh, wow. Despite receiving advice about what Mr. Holbrook's resident cleaner could tidy next, he is keen for the mouse to carry on as normal. I'm just leaving it as it is. People have said to me about putting things in to get some sort of funny videos, he said. But I just (laughs) leave it naturally. Just naturally let whatever's (laughs) going to happen, happen. Just chuck in a used condom. Maybe a couple of used cigarettes as well. <laughs> See what happens. You just got you just got to now bring it into the house, so then it can Set just up a little little party table for them. Set up a bong, pack of cards, poker table. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the photos he needs to get. You yeah, know, like the dogs playing poker. You just see yeah. mice getting high. This is just. This this is just I have a I have a hamster. Did you know this about me? Yeah, <laughs> I have I have a bolt. Every night I scatter food around her cage and I watch her go around and hoover it all up and then she goes and stashes it. That's just yeah. what hamster. That's what rodents do. Uh, if it, if it was like tidying up his shovel or putting his lawnmower back in his shed or whatever, yeah, putting all his tools away. Yeah, but uh, it, it's basically a mouse being a mouse. Yes, it's doing mouse things. <laughs> Because I, I used to love it. I used to have two gerbils and I got, I bought a gerbilarium, which was like a, a nice deep bottom to this like cage. And I put so much sawdust in it and I could watch, uh, what were their names? Joel and Jester. Uh, <laughs> and I could watch them burrow and dig and be rodents for hours. It's very interesting. You've gone all out on board, haven't you? Yeah. With her cage and stuff. Spoilt her on. Yeah. I I remember when I was little going in the garden shed at my parents' house and getting my uh, roller skates out and one of them was full of nuts. 
Your dad's nuts? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what they do. Yeah. From a squirrel or a mouse or something, I assume. Exactly. Just rodents being rodents. Oh, that's <laughs> that was lovely. But now we've just ripped the story to shit, and uh, we're saying we're poo-pooing it and saying no. Yeah, great story, but fuck you, Rodney. <laughs> Next up, Mister Narkills. Ah, uh, we have old passions. Oh, I've been here before. You have. What is the old passion you are bringing this week? I'm passionate about a lot of things. But one thing I love, and I try and do it daily as well. <laughs> That's right. I do it daily. Um, is nostalgia. I just, I love it. I think, I think it's just that, uh, that feeling of simpler times yep. um, and things we enjoyed back in the day. If it was like going out as kids or playing football, just those simple things. But I loved TV. I was a very, uh, very uh, child. <laughs> I was a very child in front of a TV. No, it just, it, it's so many memories of like watching uh, TV shows or even just those connections with certain things. So like one thing that always sticks in my head, every time I hear Red Dwarf, like the the intro to Red Dwarf. Do, 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 do. Exactly that. It just yeah. reminds me of sitting at the top of the stairs because I'm supposed to be in bed and yeah. trying to watch Red Dwarf through the slats of the stairs. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I loved Red Dwarf. It was so good. That was one of my favourites. But yeah, I thought, I thought we could uh, just have a little chin wag around nostalgia and 90s TV or whatever TV sparks nostalgia feelings. Coincidentally, a very appropriate theme for me at the moment. I did, uh, I did actually mention this to you earlier, but uh, I'm not ashamed to say that currently I am obsessed with, with Thomas the Tank Engine. How did, how did you get back into this? I honestly don't remember. I think I, I think I was scrolling through Reddit, just like looking at memes and I saw, uh, I came across, a, it's called like steam posting or something like that. You know, you get like shit posting groups. Yeah. It's like that, but it was called steam posting. And, I, <laughs> and it was just, just memes about like the original Thomas series. And I was like, I've mentioned before on the podcast when I was little, I was absolutely obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine and I had all of the trains. Well, you quite, you, you, you enjoy trains now, don't you? I, st- I love a steam train, love a steam train. Yeah. And it all stems from that. But uh, yeah, one week me and me and Mister Jones are going to bore you all to death. Our old passion is going to be steam, steam trains, because <laughs> I know he shares the passion. <laughs> but uh, nice. uh, yeah, I've uh, I have actually been. It's not actually that childish. I, I thought going back and watching it all again, even though I know all the stories and everything that happens, I thought it would be like really childlike. But it's, it's really it's, it's not. It's not. It's just a nice little series about a working steam railway. And uh, yeah, I've I've been watching old episodes of Thomas. I've been reading the books. I've been listening to some of the music and I've, I've been, I've discovered Thomas, the tank engine YouTube as well. I've been watching grown men like myself talking about Thomas, the tank engine. It's one of those things. Like, like I said, it just, it brings back those memories. It makes you think of simpler times. And I, I did. I I loved, I loved Thomas tank engine as a, as a kid. But uh, for me, maybe one that always, comes back and I just dip in and out. And it's not necessarily a cartoon, actually, but it's um, Boy Meets World. Oh, God. I've loved that. And it's, 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 on, it's on Disney Plus, so you can watch all of the Is episodes. Is it on Disney Plus now? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I loved it so much that I bought it on Apple, like iTunes. Yeah. And I think that was like the first two seasons or something. And then, yeah, I just, um, I saw it the other day. When the boy meets world. Exactly. Oh, you're going boy for the uh, the more recent boy meets world intro. That's the one I remember. Yeah. I remember I was, I didn't watch it so much when they were little, but I was obsessed with it. I watched it on Disney channel when they were like in college. People yeah. Grown up. Yeah. I remember crying my eyes out at the last episode. Oh, I think we might be talking. I think we might be talking naughties now, but I did, I did cry my eyes out of the last episode of boy meets world. I remember, I remember the, the, <laughs> I just, uh, all these memories are just flooding back to me, but just 
how I felt as a kid about Topanga. Like I loved Topanga. (laughs) I think honestly, like as a child, that was probably my first fancy. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And then also just the the episode of um, again, this is when they were a little bit younger, but they'd split. This is the thing. The drama was set like they were split as a couple, yeah. Corey and Topanga, and then they went to Disneyland separately, and then they meet in front of the Epcot um, center. It's called the Epcot center, Epcot center, isn't it? Yeah, the giant golf ball. Yeah. That's it, the giant golf yeah. ball. <laughs> and then they kiss, and then uh, yeah, and th- and the crowd goes woo, woo, yeah, the <laughs> the pre-recorded whoops and hollers. Yeah, yeah. Topanga. Have you ever come across that name in real life? Have you ever met a Topanga? Nope. Um, <laughs> trying to think of names that are close to that, but no. No. Topanga's a very strong name. It must be, it must be, because I'm sure it sounds like some sort of native Native American yeah. twang to it. Because actually, it kind of makes sense because at the beginning, she was all, I think her mum was very spiritual and yeah. they had that kind hippie. of hippie yeah yeah there's there's a lot i've actually just had a little delve and i love these as well into i've i've looked at these before but <laughs> dark theories on 90s nickelodeon tv shows okay, okay. <laughs> um do you is there is there a, a nickelodeon show that pops out to you like that you remember I don't know if it'll be on there last week we spoke about two of a kind two that was on Nickelodeon and that was Mary Kate and Ashley that was yeah <laughs> oh no that, that I'm might... thinking more cartoons yeah I know you are Rugrats oh here we go this is I've I've Come heard on. this one multiple times um so this is dark theory so just these are just theories about the show but Rugrats um Christ, I've just read the first line and I'm like, oh my God. While Tommy's grandpa once had a porn film ready to watch once Tommy went to bed that pales in comparison to the dark theory of Rugrats, the theory is that Angelica imagines the babies are real, meaning none of them exist at all. Chucky, for example, oh Christ, (laughs) died in a car accident with his mum. Phil and Lil were... Uh, one baby that miscarried and her supposed cousin, Tommy, died soon after he was born. That is a dark synopsis on that. That is awful. Christ. I was, I was, I was with you at first. I was like, yeah, okay, all the babies talking and all of that stuff is all in Angelica's imagination. Yep. But then, but then you said that all the babies are dead. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that's what that dark theory is. But I think, I, I think I've read a, like a, a, bulked out version of that and basically Rugrats is all about Angelica's imagination yeah I can get on board with that yeah so it's is very strange we've got a whole list here Spongebob I was gonna my next one I was gonna suggest you was Ren and Stimpy oh that's on this list here we go I mean that was quite messed up anyway is it <laughs> so yeah if you don't know Ren and Stimpy a chihuahua named Ren and a cat named Stimpy spend their days pretending to be astronauts, cowboys, or other kinds of explorers through daydreams the audience can see. Much like the disturbing theory behind Doug, Angry Beavers, and Cat Dog, which we haven't read, um, it's possible that Ren and Stimpy are victims of animal abuse. Whilst we can know that the signs of abuse in children, knowing the signs of animal abuse are just as important, especially when adopting a rescue. There we go. Yeah. So potentially they are messed up. It's Carlos a rescue. We haven't mentioned Carlos on the podcast, your kitty cat. No, he's um he was like fresh out the womb, basically. <laughs> you you bought him as a little as a little wee lad. Yeah. We was over in Spain at the time and then uh my sister's boyfriend texted us and he was like, Somebody I work with, uh their daughter their cat has had babies and want to kind of send them to nice places. So, and it was all free as well. But I think Beth like gave 20 quid just to kind of cover the, the injections and stuff. And then, uh, is that why it's called Carlos? Yeah. Because we was in Spain, we was thinking of stereotypical Spanish names. He could have been called Juan or Pedro. Pedro. Yeah. But we went with Carlos. 
Love it. Love King Carlos. What King a little legend. Carlos. Yeah, he does have a little section in the stream as well. What about Hey Arnold? That's there. I'm sure that's similar. Isn't isn't that similar? Again, like SpongeBob SquarePants, Hey Arnold has many dark theories. Oh, there's multiple dark theories. So which Ooh. one's this? Some fans believe Arnold's grandparents are his real parents. And because of his head, <laughs> he's head-shaped, he is bullied. Therefore, his friends are either imaginary or he daydreams about friends with kids uh, with the kids who bully him at school. While it's clear that Helga's mother is an alcoholic and her ha- and her father is a bully, it's also possible that Helga daydreams about everyone at school, including Arnold. Move it, football head. So it's just them two. Like none of the others exist. No one exists. That's all the theories. No, no one exists. It's all imagination. No. That's all these. That's all these seem to be. I was scared about the Rugrats. Rugrats one when it when it started with Tommy's grandpa once had a porn film. <laughs> that must have been a part of. A, that must have been part of an episode. He clearly had something lined up. He was planning to watch after the babies went to bed. I was like, uh oh, where's this going? Yeah. But um, uh, what else did we? What else did you watch? What what other nineties? Well, Funhouse. Oh yeah, the, let's go UK. Let's go UK for sure. Um, Funhouse was definitely one up there for me. But the, kind of on the other side of Funhouse, you had um, Finders Keepers. What was that? Do you ever remember Finders Keepers? That I was, don't think so. You, I reckon you will if you look yeah. it up, but it's Neil Buchanan. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was all about just a house that kids would kind of get clues to um, ransacking rooms and finding clues and, like, prizes. You're, I, I swear you'll recognise it. It's ringing bells. And I feel like it's a uh, an American spin-off as well. 1991, that's a young Neil Buchanan. Yeah. Finders Keepers! I've got a name for you. Go on. Dave Benson Phillips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mate, you can name any of them. <laughs> Dave Benson Phillips, get your own back. An absolute hero of the 90s on kids' TV. Oh, he was... He was great. And Gunge. Also, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yes. The OG Power Rangers series, absolutely obsessed with that. Had all the, uh, had all the little figures that when you, when you pressed their belts, their heads flipped around. Yep. Yeah. I had that. Oh, so again, I'm going to go on a little tangent. So we got Mighty mm-hmm. Morphin Power Rangers, but do you remember Beetleborgs? Big bad Beetleborgs. No, I don't remember that. Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was it was weird as well because they were like led by a some sort of creepy clown that was in a like a ghost house, if I remember rightly. <laughs> we had a little chat earlier before we started recording, and you know what we had stuck in my head since. Go on. Play days. Play days. Grew up on play days. Yeah, it was either Play Days or Sesame Street for me. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really watch much Sesame Street. I was all about Play Days. Yeah, it just... Well, I can't remember what the bird thing was called, but it te- the bird terrified me. What, Big Bird? No, not, not Big Bird and Sesame Street, the bird in Play Days. <gasps> uh, what, the owl? Yeah, the owl. Um, oh, I can see I can see it. It's there. So, someone's called Patch. Someone's called Patch, I think. Peggy Patchstop. Peggy Patchstop. That's it. I knew there was patch yeah. in it. <laughs> Is it Patchstop? It's something like that. Anyway, Peggy Patchwork. Yeah. Oh, you saying Patchwork again? Nostalgia's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm filling <laughs> up right now. But uh, Raggy Dolls. Yeah. Raggy Dolls. <gasps> Raggy Dolls. Dolls like you and me. I can't remember what the cat was called in Play Days, but my mum did a Mummy Smith. Good old Bummy Smith. She did a great impression of the cat <laughs> from Play Days. We might have to get a recording of that. What was the bird? I've Googled Play Days owl. I'm sure it was an owl. But listeners, uh, I hope you uh, I hope you're on the wavelength. I know that we yeah, are I hope you're on our wavelength. We are old. Um and if not, any of the uh, any of the shows we're talking about, search it. Search it on YouTube, you're bound to find some episodes of stuff. I loved it. I loved being a kid in the nineties. It was fantastic. 
You look concerned. Uh, hold on. Is it like a Mandela effect? There was no bird. <laughs> I googled Playdays Owl and there's just somebody posted on Twitter about it. <laughs> and it just says, it is I, the Playdays Owl pigeon thing. Home is always with you. And somebody replied to it saying, look how shite that is. Kids these days have CGI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a, it was just a puppet. Yeah. Why bird? Why bird? Why it was bird? Why bird? Peggy Patchstop. Uh, that must have been another character as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peggy, Peggy Patch. Just called Peggy Patch. Oh, you saying that name again? Yeah. Sparked Charlie Chalk in my head. Ooh. Charlie Chalk. Did you watch much? Uh, I've, I've just I've googled nineties UK kids shows and they're all there. I watched a lot of Teletubbies. Did you do much Teletubbies? Or was that a bit after your time? Yeah, Teletubbies was after my time. You're slightly older than I. Yeah. Oh, Fireman Sam. Yeah, classic Fireman Sam in Wales. Yeah. Oh. Ponty Pandy. Call Fireman Sam. Oh, Sam. Brum. Brum, yep. Remember Brum? Chuckle Vision. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace, one of them. Oh, did you want me to give you a synopsis and you guess the show? Yeah, go on. Okay. Um, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'm, I'm just too good, all right? Okay, 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 okay. Let's see what we can do here. I've just got raggy dolls in my head now. This magical show tells the tale of two rag dolls who live on a narrow boat. Uh, Rosie and Jim. There you go. All right, there we go. That's one. I'll just see. How many should we do? Five? Can do. This tiny superhero was no ordinary teddy bear. Super Ted. Yeah. That's two two for two. (sighs) I'm getting nervous now. See if you remember. Oh, let's do another easy one. <laughs> Based on the Railway Series books by the <laughs> Reverend W. Audrey and his son Christopher. Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, just the tune alone would be enough to lull any child into an afternoon nap, making this person a firm favourite. Created by Woodland Animations, the series follows the adventures of a Royal Mail postie and his black and white cat. <laughs> <laughs> Postman Pat. That's the one. <laughs> Do you reckon Fireman Sam has ever helped Postman Pat? Like maybe if he's like careered off the road, he's pissed out of his face and he's just like <laughs> smashed into a Or he's rescued Jess from a tree. Yeah, yeah. I was going I was yeah. going quite dark, but uh yeah. <laughs> just a cat out of a tree. What's that? Three for three? Four for four, sir. Okay. This one but, uh, this is for Ben. This is for Mr. Jones because he spoke about this on the podcast before and I know that he loved this show. It wasn't one that I was particularly familiar with, but this adventure TV show brought, started in 1987 created a quiz show within a medieval setting. Oh, yes. I love this so much. Nightmare. Nightmare. That was my... Oh, that, was, that was the... And, and the thing about Nightmare was it was great, but it felt depressing as well for me personally <laughs> because it signified the end of CITV for that day. It was oh, usually the last mean. show and then mm-hmm. oh, what Emmerdale would be on. I'd be like, yeah. shit. It's like how you've got Blue Peter and Newsround at the end of CBB, CBBC yep. and then you'd be like, oh, now I've got to watch Neighbours. <laughs> exactly what kid yeah. wants to go straight into neighbours yeah that was uh, it was at that point I switched to BBC2 I think I watched The Simpsons Simpsons yeah yeah that's it and then and then and then after The Simpsons was done on BBC2 I'd go to Sky 1 and watch more Simpsons oh no I'd, <laughs> I'd go to Channel 4 especially on a Thursday what was Channel mm-hmm. 4 on a Thursday uh, it wasn't necessarily a kid show South Park no we're talking, what, about six o'clock? don't know. Crystal Maze? Yes. 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 My favourite thing as well about Crystal Maze, as well mm. as the whole show, was the fact that the second break wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? Well, they just didn't do the second break. They said- I, sw- I swear, I swear it was like a one hour long show and they'd mm. do 15 minutes and a break, 15 minutes and a break, and then it'll be half an hour's worth. I, I feel like Ooh. that, I'm sure that's how it used to be laid out, but 
Yeah. That, w- that was nice. I love that. Okay, let's test you now. Let's test you because I'm still on the same article. And so I haven't heard of some of these. Oh Go my on. God, this is terrifying. These are nightmare fuel. I probably watched them. Mossop and Tiddler. Preschool TV show on CITV in 1991, showing at lunchtime each Tiddlers. Thursday. The, uh, Close. Yeah. Mossop and Tid. Not Tiddlers. Rhymes. The Riddlers. Yes, I remember the, the Riddlers. Riddlers. The Riddlers puppets occupied the garden of Miss Marjorie Daw, played hey. by Victoria Williams, where Moss Williams, where Mossop would tell a series of stories with Tiddler having to guess the moral of the tale. Their their mouths were huge. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at a picture of them and they I I I'm no. No thank you. What are the scores Marjorie Daws? Oh, that rings a bell. Maybe I do know it. No, you know that from someone else. Do I? Shooting stars. Oh, is that when George Dawes wasn't on, it would be Marjorie Dawes. Uh, oh well, you and I, you and I share an old passion in Vic and Bob. Oh, we do. We love we those can. guys. Right? There's. Go on, give me, give me one challenging one. There's three more. One oh, of them okay, you'll get easy, more. and then okay. So we got this show aired on Channel Four throughout the 80s and 90s, offering both educational and entertainment to preschool children. Set in a New York neighborhood. Sesame Street. Yeah. Muppets live alongside humans and many of the characters are now household names. blah de blah blah Right. Love him or hate him, this puppet rodent was the face of your childhood when he had a TV AM segment during the summer holidays. Oh, um... Operated and voiced by David Claridge, who worked for Jim Henson, his show followed the adventures of this rodent and his pals through King's Cross Railway Station. His sidekicks included Kevin the gerbil, Errol the hamster, and a guinea pig called Glennis. Oh my god. <laughs> but we're talking, you say Jim Henson? Uh, it's like a, a, a branch off from Jim Henson, yeah. Uh, oh, that is tricky. Name a rodent. Rat. Yeah, that's the one. What's the rat called? Roland. Yeah, Roland, Roland the rat. rat. Yeah, Roland Rat. Because I, I remembered him on like presenting TV shows, like presenting Saturday morning TV shows or whatever. Yeah, that's what it says. It said summer AM, summer holidays, and, and presented stuff in the morning. Finally. All right, here we go. This puppet character first appeared on the BBC in 1946 and was an instant hit. Basil during Rush? the show, no. During the show, this puppet used to clank around on top of the piano whilst presenter Annette Mills played the music. The puppet was worked by Anne Hogarth. Oh, is it Pod? No. Uh, He had a number of friends, including Mr. Peregrine the Penguin, Oswald the Ostrich, Sally the Sea Lion, and Louise the Lamb. The show even had its own merchandise and a comic book. And a comic book. (sighs) Oh... No. But it's kind of a clue with Peregrine the Penguin, Oswald the Ostrich, Sally the Sea Lion, Louise the Lamb. I'm... I don't... You don't see it clippity-clopping on top of the piano. That's another clue, clippity-clopping. I can't remember what that's called. I, I, I now know... Uh, is it a donkey? Is it a horse? Close. What's the, what's the, what do you get if you smash a horse and a donkey together? <laughs> oh. uh, an arse. No. A, you know Minecraft. You've played Minecraft. You know what happens if you breed a horse and a donkey. Oh, um, uh, Muffin the Mule. There you go. That's it. Muffin the Mule. <laughs> oh, we got there finally. That's it. Thank you, South Wales Argus, for that <laughs> <laughs> for that article. And uh, yeah, if, if you if you've got listeners, if you've got any nineties uh, TV shows that you used to listen to, I feel like listen to. Or watch. Yeah. You, could, you could close your eyes, go to sleep, watching uh, Thomas Tank Engine or something. Yeah. But yeah, fill up fill up the Discord. <laughs> fill up the Discord or email oldmenarmy at gmail.com. There we go. Well, Mr. Narkills. Yeah. That is the end of episode 18. Oh, mate, I've enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, I have had a great time. Thank you very much for joining me, co-hosting with me. No worries, I'll be here. For me. When Ben 
he eating too much poo. Exactly. When he feels full up from poo-poo or <laughs> he's just exhausted from the dogs, then uh, I will be here. I'll be there. He's a very hard-working man. He's, he's, he's got a business to run. What? What does he do? Runs a business. <laughs> Fantastic. But anyway, yeah, that's it. Anything, anything further from you before we, before we close up? No, just I look forward to talking to you guys. Anybody in the uh, in the chat in the Discord, and if if you've got any any uh, thoughts or feelings about the the podcast or anything old men related, then uh, feel free to reach out to us, and we will look to endeavour to make the changes that you wish. Yeah, if you have any ideas for the podcast, anything you want to improve, or any notes, or anything. If you want to come on the podcast, especially, and remember, you do not have to be a Twitch streamer. It just happens to be that we are Twitch streamers. But, you know, we had James on last week, Mr. Kit Kat Kin. He's not a Twitch streamer. He just got chat. Yeah. So, yeah, if if you enjoy the podcast, let us know as well. We are very easy to get hold of. Join the Discord, which I'll go over in a second, or email oldmenarmy at gmail.com. Yep. And, yeah. That is that. That's 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 about it. It's fantastic. So that leaves me to say, I have been Smith. You can follow me at twitch.tv forward slash Markuhita. And I've been Lawson, <laughs> not Jones. <laughs> and you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Mister Narkills, and that's Nar with a G N A R. Or I'll be in the Discord. Just chatting it up, so come say hey. Go to our link tree, which is linktr.ee dot ee forward slash old men army. That is where you can find all the links for all the various platforms that you can listen to this podcast on. You can join the Discord. That's where you can chat with us all the time, anytime. There's always somebody in there. There's always chat popping off. Like I said, you can email me. Uh, check out the merch oldmenmerch.com and also check out the YouTube channel we're trying to be a bit more active over there youtube.com forward slash at oldmenarmy and make sure you, you follow the other old men benbis81 and I am tiny 100 yeah and that is all she wrote, wrote. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wrap love you bye love you bye bye Old Casters with Smith and Jones. <laughs>